Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, my friend Hannah and I are talking about the Image Comics graphic novel Bad Weekend by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. This is one of my favorite creative teams working in comics, and we're always glad to give another book to Hannah to read. Also, my computer is old, and there's a little static during the last two minutes of this episode, so just a heads up, please forgive me for low-budget podcasting. And remember to go follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, as well as clobbering that like button and leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. Now, here is your episode on Bad Weekend. Comics won't just break your heart. Comics will just kill you. Hal Crane should know. He's been around since practically the beginning, stuck at an out-of-town convention, waiting to receive a Lifetime Achievement Award. Hal's Weekend takes us on a dark ride through the secret history of a medium that's always been haunted by crooks, swindlers, and desperate dreamers. Okay, so first and foremost, today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics is not dedicated to Jake. It is dedicated to everyone else because <laughs> because this was supposed to be an episode on Deadly Class. We've been trying to do that episode literally since week two of Cameron Reads Comics. True. So I've heard you guys talk about it for that long. Literally, literally. Uh, it is. It's. Anyways, so this de- this episode is dedicated to everyone else that isn't Jake, but we have a great guest for you who's actually speed read a book for us <laughs> this week. I am a hero. We have a special guest <laughs> that, that speed read a book for us this week, and that is Hannah Bader. Um, not only is today she Hannah Bader, but she's I- also birthday girl. <laughs> <laughs> so happy birthday. My gift for you is this platform. So. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. Nowhere else I would rather be at 8 a.m. on my birthday, honestly. Honestly, there's a lot of places I'd rather be. <laughs> In my bed, mostly. Gosh, I get yeah. sleepy. So today's episode is on Bad Weekend by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Um, Hannah, actually, this is Hannah's second foray into... Comic books? This is her second comic. Or this is my second comic. Third, re- third read. No. Or three, three attempted because you did oh, yeah. try to read You're something. Right. I attempted another one. That's and, true. And so now we are on. It turns out I only like Ed Brubaker and Sam Phillips. So Sean Phillips. Sean Phillips is. Um, that's how much I love him. Honestly, that's that's <laughs> great. That's great. Have do you watch? By the way, do you watch Westworld ever? I I watched the first season ed brubaker is one of the writers on westworld isn't that fun mm, that makes sense i that checks out for him actually you know he's a he's a special guy um so Hannah, i guess first question um the first story that you ever read especially for the podcast was my heroes have always been junkies by the same team mm-hmm. this is takes place in the criminal universe which is just kind of the umbrella of titles that uh, are going on you know what I mean? By yeah. that creative team. Yeah. So how did this compare to the first one you read? 
Uh, well, I did notice I had the same problem that I said with my hairs have always been junkies, which was that the the first time around when I read that one, I was like, I didn't know. I didn't really feel like super attached. Like I didn't love it. And then the second time I read it, I was in love with it. And I felt like reading this one, I was like, oh, I, I wish I had had more time to read it because I think a second time around, I might have liked it more. Um, in a weird way, My Heroes of Always Junkies is way more relatable to me. Not in, not, yeah, not it, in like I see where you're the junkie from. way, but just like it's about a young girl and like her life and things that happened to her and that development of of her as a character whereas like i mean you know like i don't know comics i don't know comic conventions yeah i don't it, it's it was a world way out of my realm so i feel like while i was reading it i was also kind of like playing catch up the whole time um but i i mean i i enjoyed it and it was easy read and it was like i was into the story for sure yeah. i just think if i had had a second time around i probably would have felt more like for the characters. Yeah. And you know, this, I knew, I knew as I gave it to you that this might've been like out of your wheelhouse because like, it's very much a critique. So the way I like to describe this book that I kind of realized this read through was it's not quite a representation of like some, some books as you read them, will like break down like the mm -hmm. medium of comics and then the capacity that it has within itself. So like, uh, a book that I recently loaned Jesse uh, was Mr. Miracle by Tom King. That entire book is done in nine panel. So on every page, there's only nine panels. So mm -hmm. there's three, three boxes, th three rows of three right. boxes. And the way that they use that like method of storytelling and like conveying story, it kind of really breaks down the capacity of what comic books are able to convey. This book in bad weekend is very interesting because I thought it, it did something entirely different, which it uh, it kind of broke down the industry of comic yeah. books, which yeah. was, you know, I just I'm obviously like I I love the industry, but then I also all the all the history with creators and stuff like this because I think this story and not it's fictitious, but like some of the creators they were mentioning are real creators. Okay, I was gonna ask you that, yeah. like some of the names because they mentioned like Marvel and like some other stuff, and so then I was like, oh, are they using like the other guys that they talk about? Like are those yeah. Real people. Oh, yeah. But I also think that... Hannah's very passionate about hitting her mic today. But I, I, I always hit my mic, so it's okay. I was like, nobody's going to hear that, but then you just... You're a real podcaster now. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyways, I was going to say, I feel like the theme... Or not so much the theme, but like the the plot and like the transformation. It's like, it, it's 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 a theme that i feel like i could see in many industries like yeah it's not just like the guy you know him being a writer and him being like getting an award but not feeling like he really even wants to accept the award and being bitter towards his colleagues and yeah. all this stuff i'm like i i kind of just like put it as if i was watching or like reading about like something honestly like a screenwriter or like somebody in hollywood like it felt like a story that could have been told regardless of what yeah. The profession was yeah. not to take it away from him from yeah. comics. I just think like that it that wasn't it wasn't like a hard storyline to like grasp. Yeah, and, and and especially those parts like 
a lot of the questions that I have for you, because I'm like, I don't have too many based on like Comic-Con experiences. And I think this also is a story that kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have too many questions to come off of it, but uh, I thought that uh, everyone can relate to, you know, like, number one, a crotchety old man and the, yeah. I, the idea of meeting your heroes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And them kind of falling short. And so I thought that this was a story that conveyed that really well. And like going back to kind of the comic creator stuff, like if you look at some of the names that I wrote them down, uh, but it was just like some of the names that they were mentioning was like classic comic creators, like Carmen Infantino, or they didn't mention Infantino, they mentioned, uh, oh my gosh, Gardner Fox or like mm-hmm. uh, Wally Wood is a huge one. He's a very tragic figure in like comics. And if you ever look up for, for my fans, go look up Steve Ditko. Uh, he is the luminary artist who co-created Spider-Man. And he was in a notorious recluse. Like people considered him the J.D. Salinger of comics where like he didn't want anything quite to do with his creation. Mm-hmm. He's like, I was just doing a gig. Yeah. You know I mean, and yeah. people, you know, you, you've definitely seen how people cling on to Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, and so he's kind of like one to be separate from that. He was just, you know, do, doing his job. Right. And so this. The uh, Wally guy, I kind of had a feeling might have been real because of the way that they talked about him. Yeah. They talked and about- like I was like, oh, that sounds. Yeah. And he's like clinically, he was clinically depressed. I'm pretty sure he committed suicide. Like he was just a very tragic, he co-created Daredevil. Like that's how, uh, he, he had a major like influence on the industry. And so number one, like them name dropping all of those people is kind of an Easter egg to like the guy in the car though. He wasn't real. I don't think he was real. Okay. Yeah, I think that the direct ones, because I'm like, I don't know every old school comic creator. There was like one or two names I didn't know, but uh, otherwise. Um, But I think going back to this story being about the crotchety old man, I just really like, I think it made me think about the times that I've met my heroes. And there have been people at conventions that I've met, like at cons, and they, I like put them on a a pedestal and they were just kind of, they're crotchety. And I was like, oh, like. That's so funny when you, when you sent over the questions and then it said like, sorry, I'm going to skip like a couple on your list, but the one that was about like how do you feel about the line or whatever about like never meet your heroes type of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because a couple of days or sometime last week at work, somebody was talking about that and somebody, somebody at work was talking about, I think it was when they met Joel Tudor and they were like really bummed or something (sighs) like that. Okay. For context, we're, we work in the surf industry and we actually have a little, we working at the shop that we do, we kind of get, really more FaceTime with other like reps, sales reps and like, you know, figures. Yeah. Uh, Joel Tudor is a world famous longboarder. And yeah. He, and I, I could be wrong. I, but I think it was Joel I, Tudor that somebody had said like, Oh, they were kind of bummed after they met him because it oh, changed yeah. the way that they looked at him as like the kid who just used to grow up watching him surf and yeah. like whatever. And so we were, and then, and then somebody said like, yeah, man, like never, never meet your heroes. And then yeah. that night I went home and, we, my roommates and I watched a movie and then Mia, who was my roommate, who I've mentioned like a thousand times, she asked the question to Jess and I, my other roommate, if you guys were in line at co- for coffee one day and there was any celebrity behind you and you, and you got to have like, a, like a two sentence conversation with them. Like you said something to them and they said something back. Who, who's that celebrity that you would want it to be? And we all were like, I don't know. And then I said, like, I don't want to pick 
Yeah. My a celebrity who I who I love so much and who I think the highest of because I'm terrified. Well, this could literally never happen because I'm sure he's an angel among men. But I'm like, <laughs> what if I met Sam Rockwell and I was oh. I was so severely upset? Like, I don't want to because I love who he is in my head oh my and like gosh. the versions of him that I I think again. If he, I think he's wonderful, and I bet you I'd have a wonderful conversation. I with him. think that'd be an interesting cup of coffee. <laughs> it would be, but that's the thing is, it's not even. It was just like a one-liner kind of thing. Like you say something to them, and they catch the joke, and they say something back, and that's it, right? So, I, but we were talking. <laughs> I, just, I just go to be like, "Hey, man, Charlie's Angels, am I right?" Like, <laughs> that's my one line. <laughs> Of the entire body of work, that's what I'm leaning on. Yeah, well, that's really good. That's where I started. So I so that I don't know where I was going with that, but my point is is to your question of how do you feel about the meeting your heroes thing, we've talked a lot about this in the last week and so that's that has been on my mind. Yeah, I think that, you know, just the idea. And again, like I'm, like I said, I think I learned a lot of kind of that stuff working here Mm -hmm. and just getting that FaceTime with, you know, reps or because a lot of people who are pro athletes or at least in the service industry will go and then be sales reps and, you know, monitor stock for stuff. And we, so I get kind of FaceTime with like people that I really used to like admire and not not to say I don't admire them anymore, but you know, they're not in the forefront. They're not in the spotlight like they were. And so, uh, I realized I realized a lot of things through working here, which is just kind of like they want to be treated like normal people, mm-hmm. you know. And for for example, Christian, my best friend, was here, and we went to some party. Oh my god, was it the one that I went to? Yes, it was at O'Neill. <laughs> and like earlier that evening, we had met Corey Lopez, who's a really famous Hawaiian surfer. He's a great he homie ribs, and um, we we saw that we saw Corey Lopez and he was like pitching us his new company. It's actually here. We'll plug it. A great company, Corksicle, <laughs> and they make like like insulated water bottles and cups, and they're great. I, and I have like twenty of them. I literally have at least six. Yeah, yeah. so many big Corksicle fans. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have one in my car now. That I think about it. <laughs> um, he so Corey came in and I you know I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan. I was like oh I've seen what he does. He's a cool guy. I didn't know too much about him. And so I was kind of just like hey man what's up like. <laughs> How how you doing? And then that night, Christian got enamored, mm-hmm. and as we used to do, as as in last week, as, in, <laughs> as, as I in, used to do when I was twenty seven, uh, and now I'm twenty eight, uh, so oh, I don't. Gosh, Hannah's above it all. <laughs> um, but Corey Lopez was there, and Christian, who loves him and his old Lost videos a lot more than we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no idea who he was. He yeah. You know, he's like best friends like Andy Irons or he was. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I know who he is now, but yeah. that day that I met him, I had no idea. Which so, is why, honestly, he was very nice to me. He was, I had he no was very idea nice. And I was like, I thought him and I were buddies because I wasn't like just, you know, like. Fangirling out like yeah. you, when you saw Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson came to Kate and Surf Shop and he is Batman now. That is, uh, <laughs> that is a story we should have mentioned long before. So far, I am justified. <laughs> I, was, I freaked out for Robert He was Edward Cullen at the time, though. Yeah, but you know. And now I kept he's it bad. cool. I was like, oh my gosh. And we were like, Cameron, go away. I said, do you need to find anything? And he said, no. That's my one-liner story (laughs) with Robert Pattinson. (laughs) I'm just saying, I kept it cool. And it did not disappoint. And then, you know, the best part was, is he knew we recognized him. And so he sent his like sidekick to go pay for it. And he went and hit in the car. (laughs) TBD if that actor will be cast as Robin. We don't know. (laughs) Um, But I guess long story short, they want us to read him like normal people. But then I've had times too, where I meet someone and... Uh, it's just like, 
throw everything you wanted them to you be. You know, when I go to a convention, because a lot of people will be, Cameron, who's the number one person? Because I'm into movies and I'm into TV yeah. and like actors and celebrity fame. I'm just into it. You know, it's yeah. the fascinating part of pop culture. But really, I, I hold comic book writers. To, like, if I ever met Ed Brubaker or Sean Phillips, uh-huh. I would freak out. And so. They're w- co-authors, right? I'd, I'd argue they're co-storytellers, yes. Okay. Because Ed Rubaker writes the panels out, and then Sean Phillips will obviously draw them in a perspective that changes, you know, narratively. Oh, God, but it's all collaborative. So Ed Rubaker does the, like, actual writing. He like, writes, the words yes. come from him. He writes the script. Because I thought he was uh, in very, very well spoken. And, yeah. like, his, his, his yeah. words and his thoughts came across so, so beautifully. Yes, and so... Yeah, I guess we should get back on the story. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I took us on a long-ass t- tangent right there. It's okay. You're, it's your birthday. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, but yeah, no, Ed Brubaker, yeah, I think I, he might just... I, I've realized after doing the podcast, I'm just going to give people, like, I kind of... Oh, here's something to try out. Here's something to try out. Uh-huh. And, like, you find their tones. And then I'm like, Lauren Vera is pretty much going to do Darwin Cook books from now on. You're going to do Ed Brubaker. <laughs> <laughs> Russell's going to do Brian K. Vaughn. We know how it's going to go. So, um, for, yeah, when it comes to Ed Brubaker, he is, he's just one of the best writers in yeah. comics. And, like, you can't, I don't think you can argue that point. Uh, and I think, uh, this, this series, okay, let's just go back into the book. Uh, How'd you feel about the art? Because this book, again, I think this one and My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies are my two favorites of this entire like line mm-hmm. because the, because of the art. But specifically, Jacob Phillips is Sean Phillips' son. He's the one who does the colors. Oh, no way. Isn't that great? And I'm like, yeah. his, his coloring is well, amazing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, even the, the two, they're very clearly from the same. Like, this one in my hands of like Yes. Right off the bat, like, as soon as you handed it to me, I was like, like, I would, like, they're so similar. I mean, this one's darker inside. Like, the the tones are a little bit darker than my heroes have always been junkies. Yeah. I thought. But not in, like, a, not in, like, a bad, just a, it's a different story. It's a different tone. Yeah. Uh, I love the artwork. I loved it in the other one, too. And I really liked it in this one. I, I did notice, though, I tend to read it kind of, like, like I'm reading a book though, or like a novel, and so I would kind of forget to like absorb the pictures. That that get used to that feeling. Okay, because <laughs> I I kept catching myself like, oh, wait, I didn't even look at at the images the last two pages. I was just just reading, 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 and then I would be like, okay, let me, and then I go back and like do a little recap. And that's probably why it took me so long to read it the first, well and. Are I you only had a day. You... <laughs> but the first time I sat down to read it, I couldn't get through the whole thing, and that was probably why. Um, and Hannah literally was like, because I gave it to her, you know, at the, at the last hour, or the day before we were supposed to record, I probably, yeah. I'd given her originally 12 hours to read it. And then I was like, you know, it's on me for bringing it so late. And then she texts me that night and she says, Hey, I was going to read it, but then we ended up watching Endgame. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I'm going to say, you can't, you can't read the comic content because you're watching comic content. I'm like, no matter what I was, I was, I was well, that day just turned out to be like a weird Marvel day. Cause we like, the best days. 
had his huge brunch at my house in the morning, as we do sometimes on Sundays. Don't know what that has to do with Marvel, but okay. <laughs> Because then we were like in like a brunch coma and we were just laying on the couch and we were like, oh my God, we forgot to watch the new WandaVision. So then we watched the newest episode, but then we all had questions that we just kind of couldn't remember. And then also, obviously, we were just confused because I was like, who's, what's happening? Who's that? Why? But then like... <laughs> For the most part, it was like, wait, I can't remember Ultron. Wait, I can't remember. And then for whatever reason, we were like, well, we could just, we have Disney Plus. Like, let's just put something on. And so we watched Infinity War and then took a break for like two hours. And then they were like, should we just watch Endgame? And I was like, yeah, probably. So we just, I I think all I did on Sunday, which is why I didn't get to the book, was because I was just really immersed in finishing off the movies that I've already seen like five times each, but... I've never been prouder. I just really want to reiterate that. <laughs> um, I cried again. Yeah, so I'm never going to be mad at you for that for enjoying comic book content instead of enjoying comic book content. So, um, and then remember, guys, this episode's not dedicated to Jake. This could have been recorded weeks ago. <laughs> but anyways, um, but to the point of the story and the writing and the art and all of it, the I had to remind myself to absorb the whole picture yeah. with the words and the whole thing, just, just to get a better like feel for what was going on. But also I, I think I might have said this, a similar thing in my heroes have always been junkies, but I'm always kind of surprised always is in the two times I've read a freaking comic. I'm sure the two times is I, like I the small words. No, that's not what I meant to say. The- <laughs> I'm like, that's called like font <laughs> or like text size. <laughs> I meant like how little of words there actually are. Oh yeah. Like the, it's, they still like really hit home and like you, there's so much impact in a, in few words. I'm yes, yeah, no, no, no. Because your face. I'm like, I was just <laughs> thinking. Okay, I was thinking about a guest that was on the podcast once, and they were just like calling it, like, yeah, it was exactly what I thought, and it was like a picture book for children. And I'm like, I mean, I guess, but it's it's kind of what you're saying, where you were surprised. I imagine I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah, no, you might speak by, better than I did just now by the uh, the capacity for storytelling within the panels themselves, as opposed to the words. No. Okay, well, I'm a, I'm a big dumb idiot. That was really well spoken. I really was rehearsing. <laughs> you that. said that really well. Uh, kind of almost the opposite. I was what I was trying to say. Damn. <laughs> what I was trying to say was that there's not okay. So like a word count, right? In like a comic book, is it going to be a lot less than a word count in like let's say a novel? And yes. what I'm trying to say is that for how oh. little. Of dialogue and of words there are, there's a lot of impact in the yeah. words chosen, which is why I feel like Ed Brubaker is very impressive and talented yeah. to me because I really like words and I really like reading and I really like, yeah. but I, I think it's really amazing at how much he's able to put out there in small amounts of text. Oh, absolutely. And he is just a freaking master. To the point where you care and you understand and you sympathize and you know, as opposed to, you know, books and authors who can take a whole page to describe a feeling. Yeah. And this I, guy does it in, in six words, seven words, whatever. But to also rebuttal and give credit to Sean Phillips, 
it it wouldn't be that simple without the collaborative art. Right. So my point was right. I just really <laughs> no, but um, no. I just think I Ed Brubaker ob- obviously has that potential as a writer because he's that great of a writer. Yeah. But without Sean Phillips's art and like you know the moment that you're able to like kind of see the feelings conveyed that they're trying to you via right. expression on the face of the character or how whatever it be, uh, I think that's kind of sometimes where the artists will not get credit and I'm not saying that's you I'm just saying I've seen that in, mm-hmm. in people mm-hmm. receiving no, these, definitely. this medium and so I'm like this is a lightning in a bottle kind of team or maybe it's not anymore because it, they keep putting out great work mm-hmm. and so uh, this is very much yeah I think that I, I agree with what you're saying and, it, and I'm always impressed by that too like yeah. I was watching oh I was watching Bachelor last night this isn't quite spoilers <laughs> this comes out on a Wednesday and if you're listening to this in the future, the season's probably over already. But I was reading – there's a point in Saga of story I really love where Brian K. Vaughn writes about a child saying something really nasty to another child. Mm-hmm. And he says it's important to see someone's face as you hurt them. And someone had said something really nasty in, like the, in The Bachelor and – Pretty much Victoria said something really mean to a girl and the girl started crying. And mm-hmm. I was, it reminded me of that where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, no, you get to see the face of someone you just really hurt. Yeah. And so I think that you kind of have that. It's amazing how that little anecdote that could have taken pages to convey that message right. was done so quickly through the medium of comic books. Yeah. Um, Going to Bad Weekend, because I feel like we're dancing around because I didn't have very many questions this week. It's a very short story. Um. How did you feel about the character of Hal Crane himself and the way that he was conveyed? Because I also want to take it from the perspective of meeting your heroes, but I feel like everyone has had a shitty boss, too. I have not. Okay, well... Because I've had... Must be nice. ...one job my whole life, and... And I can't say that Jesse's a bad boss because, one, he listens to this podcast. So even if I thought that, I couldn't say it publicly. I'm like, I'm not going to say names, but I've worked <laughs> at a surf shop before and that boss. <laughs> um, So I don't really have that experience. But also everybody has an experience in somewhat of, like, relatability there. Um, I was going to say somebody has an experience with a crotchy old man, but, like, I don't I don't. I don't really either. Oh my gosh! Really, I had a. I know. Well, no, I take that back. Every every man that comes into Katie is just going to say that. And then man. I was like, "Wait, am I allowed to say that?" On um, no, we we're just talking about our retail recording. experience. Yeah, anybody who comes in to work uh, that's like over the age of, I would say sixty, but honestly, it starts in their fifties. You know, uh, we are we are not bashing our customer base. We are just saying that. Sometimes you have customers, and this isn't everyone. Every, every you know, it's 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 hard to say every single customer that way because we have some really sweet, we do have elderly people. Customers. But it is people. You know, there's people that will come in and tell you how to do your job, uh, no matter your capability or basically the resources that resources at hand. They will tell you how to do it, and I would consider that crotchety. But that's in all yeah. fields too. Also, yeah, we're totally. talking customer and, service, right? Any well, yeah, any especially any job in customer service. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a shared experience. But um, I did not, I did not like him. How Crane? Yeah, sorry. Jumping back to the story, I didn't like him, but I definitely didn't like. I was just like, oh man, this guy's like, like for for the sake of um, 
the assistant who's like watching, who's supposed to be like getting him from place to place on time. Yeah. I was like wanting him to be more like great, great, uh, like just easier, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Cause I was like, Oh man, not the main, not the narrator, but the woman at the convention. No, no, no. The narrator. Oh, okay. Did they ever give a name for him? Uh, probably. I forgot it though. Yeah. I don't know if, I honestly don't know if they did. Well, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. So if like for his sake, I was like, Oh my gosh, just make this easier on him. Um, but then by the time you get to the end, it's like, this is a problem I have every single time. Like I don't (laughs) like somebody. And then I'm like, well, all right. I see why they did that. They, you know, okay. I see why they are the way they are. But he pretty, he didn't have very many redemptive qualities. No, he didn't, but you're kind, but it's okay to not like this guy. I mean, I thought when he sucker punched that guy, I was like, oof. Oh, I was so glad that happened. Oh, I thought I wanted to see some blood. Oh no! And oh, you know it's funny. Oh, I love that. I loved it. I feel like it was so like within the character they were describing to have had some sort of resolve at the ceremony. I thought would have been cheap, and then so to see him him going up and doing like a normal acceptance speech, I was like, what? Exactly. And then he just goes in, and like, you know, I just think of. not just crotchety old people, but I just think of Hal. I think of Hal as this like guy, you know, who he squandered a lot of his potential, and so yeah. and like how people do when they frankly squandered their potential, right? They will shift the blame onto everyone else. Although he is the one who sold all of his art, he's the one who did all these things, and yeah. then so to not reap the benefits. And yes, they're definitely a part of him that got kind of ripped off by the industry and the creators who w- want to celebrate him. I've seen it happen. Uh, anyone, go look up Alan Moore um, and, and Watchmen in DC and Miracle Man. Anyways, uh, but seeing him blame other people and then potentially get some sort of redemption or like it, and it really kind of what he wanted is a royal, a royalty and they were offering him that, but then to have him spit in the face of that was, I thought that was a very true moment to the character. And I really mm-hmm. liked it. I thought that it was at the, at the end when he's talking about the car crash and how he was supposed to replace, um, the one, yeah. the one guy, though, I don't know if it was just the way I was reading it, but I kept thinking that, they were trying to get me to like sympathize with Hal more and be like, Oh, this is Yeah. But I, I like like kind of what you're saying, I was like, I kinda didn't. Like I still didn't find a ton of redemption in that. I was still like, this guy kinda just sucks. Like I guess I the them explaining it didn't make things feel not his fault. Yeah, when it came to him, you know, the, them trying to justify his character, I think that, you know, they I, I appreciate that they gave you context into yeah. why he is the way he is uh, in the ways that they did, but to make him also so unlikable to the point where, you know, him talking, I think one of the best scenes, and for me as a comic book fan at conventions going up to the tables, I think one of the best scenes was him talking to the guy with the lunchbox. And he's like, oh, yeah, that guy's going to sell it in about 2.5 seconds down the road. And it's yeah. like, that distrust in your clientele because, you know, there are there are people like that in the industry. You know, there's collectible people who flip yeah, them and go yeah. to conventions to flip them. Personally, I'm not one of those people. Uh, I can barely get out the words to most creators that I see there. And I'm just – one time I met War- Marv Wolfman and he was eating a sandwich and I said, you can finish. And he said no. And I said, okay. 
It was the best. <laughs> I was all I'm, I'm, I might share that photo, but. That was a that was an uncomfortable moment, but you know I love Teen Titans, so um, you know I've I've been shameless in front of creators. So yeah, that, yeah. Uh, like to, honestly, don't go to a convention I, I with don't me doubt it at all. I will just have at least sixteen like mm-hmm. emotional breakdowns. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to how, <laughs> when it comes to how, I'm like, I really liked I liked I liked his like crotchetiness, and I liked um. The way that he was conveyed, I thought he was actually a really excellent character for the story, and I think that's why I like it a lot, uh, is because he's kind of unredemptive. And the idea of him going to the bar uh, to... That's kind of my dream is to be able mm-hmm. to go to the bar at the convention because I see it after a lot of conventions that I go to. And, you know, just think, of, you know, for, for, for us in the industry or whatever surf industry, there's the party and then there's the after party and, you know, all the pros will go hang out at the one spot, you know. And mm-hmm. so uh, going to the bar afterwards with them is the dream, you know. Yeah. So my my – so him going to the bar at the convention or like the secret one that all the writers would go mm-hmm. to, my dream in the entire world would to be like to be at that bar, be at that bar, and maybe not even talk to them, but just know that I am occupying the same space as these people that I adore just and breathe have, the same air. Not in COVID times, but you know, <laughs> pre or post COVID times, absolutely uh, would breathe their air. Um, <laughs> it's just like because you know those people obviously have had so much influence on my life and brought so much more value and meaning to. Uh, you know, storytelling and just my my entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> so valuing that has been it would would be something so special. And but also to the point where it's like, do would you really want to run into Hal Crane at a bar? No. Exactly. And I like, I wouldn't even I would not want. Hannah to. would buy him a drink. I probably would. You'd be like, hi Hal, and he'd say, <laughs> hello Hannah, and then, that's about as far as that conversation would go. Wait, have you ever been to a convention or any no. sort of convention? No. Really. No. Uh, yes, you have. Agenda is comparable. Oh. Agenda is a trade show for trade show. surf, okay. skate. Sure. Is it snowboard industry too? Mm, no, I don't think so. Agenda is in Long Beach and it's a trade uh, show. It might be. Hannah and I have been to Agenda together. It's Honestly, that's the most comparable thing. Okay. Well, okay. Well, then, yes. I I was thinking very specifically to like a Comic-Con or like a, like a, te- like a entertainment yeah. But yes, okay, well, I've, yeah, I've been to a gym. Oh my gosh, a we good amount of times. We should go to Long Beach Comic Con when it opens back up cuz that's a good little convention from what I've seen. I didn't even know that that was one. It is a thing and it's cool. Um Okay, Hannah, I guess I got really two more questions for you. It's going to be a short episode this week cuz it was also a short story this week. Short story. Um how did you like the twist ending? <laughs> Do I tell them the honest truth? Yes. Which was that I came in today and I said, what was the twist? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and I told her, I was like, Hal didn't exist. That was the twist. <laughs> and I'm like, what did I just read? <laughs> I'm like, you seen Fight Club? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was cool. I'm confused. Why are you confused still? <laughs> After I explained it to you. <laughs> Where did he get him? He bought him? No. Oh, okay. So for my fans, <laughs> honestly, no was the most disappointed you've ever. Been I also in just you. want to apologize to the fans of this podcast, not because Hannah and I have done a bad job today, but I just feel like we have not talked about this book at all, and we have just We've done ranted. a bad job today. But it's okay because you know we're here, and it's all Jake's fault. So the first thing you said to me when you gave me the book was this episode is going to be a lot of rant and rambling. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> perfect. 
That's true because I think this is just a text that speaks for itself, and I think that you know it's it, it's just. And it's also like H- Hannah doesn't know too much about the industry, and I wanted to give her something that she's a team she's familiar with. I know nothing on top of on top of uh, you know something quick that she could read so we could turn out an episode. But um, there were some themes that we talked about, and I think that we we talked about the themes that you know relate to us the most yeah. within what we were reading. And so when it comes to the twist ending, what happened was uh, the assistant who is the narrator of the entire bad weekend came in and Hal had been looking for some art that he thought he had sold or that he thought was taken from him. And it was his, either his favorite piece that he ever worked on or uh, a piece that he was kind of ashamed of. And they never quite tell you what the, was he going to destroy it? Was he going to keep it forever? Was it what mm-hmm. he was most proud of? Cause well, it, it was the one that he said was his best work. Yes. But then he's also, he also said at the very end in the flashback that, I I would just do me a favor, take this and oh, just burn, and burn it. it. Yeah, 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 and so and yeah, and you know it's it's just Hal kind of wallowing in his, in his own self self loathing, um, but what happens is you find out that they literally pull a heist to look for this. Yeah, they break into someone who bought the alleged artworks uh, stash and find out that to, in order to look for this piece. And you find out that he didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And so then Hal's kind of like, huh, he doesn't know what he did. He's also an alcoholic who has... Clearly can't remember everything. Yeah. And, and you know, pe- you know how crotchety old people, like, misremember and s- stick to their truth. Uh, Hal, what happens was you find out in a flashback, flashback sequence that he was looking for this piece of art. The assistant who had been narrating the entire time had taken the art when Hal fell asleep during a flashback scene... Because Hal said, take it and burn it. The assistant takes it, and mm-hmm. he never burned mm-hmm. it. But the story ends saying, maybe I maybe will. Maybe someday I will. Yeah, but, you know, and and I think that's so – I think that was a beautiful ending. It's kind of tragic, but it's also – it's a it's a good twist. And it, it reiterates the theme that, like, while Hal is dislikable – and maybe this is true for a lot of artists. Not maybe. It's true for a lot of artists. While we don't like the artists themselves, their art lasts yeah. and is still meaningful. Yes, I did. I liked that. I liked that he had them. Like I liked that. That was how this whole this whole book that they're on this like chase, and then that like he's the one who had them the whole time. Yeah. Um. And I do like the way like the way he ended it with like maybe maybe someday I will. And I think the thing with Hal that I'm like I still I'm like he's just such a sad character to me. Yeah. And so even though I do find him like you know crotchety and annoying and grumpy and not also slightly attractive. When do we say that? I'm like, Hannah, you would. You'd buy him a drink at the bar. So, <laughs> Hannah's Hannah's into fake crotchety old man. Uh, no comment. I, that's but... a weird turn, but I went there. <laughs> you <laughs> did. Happy birthday. <laughs> he doesn't fit into my zaddy category, but maybe if we're talking fiction, I'll throw him in there. <laughs> you know, might as well. He's no Kevin Costner. That's all I'm going to say. He's no Dennis Quaid, <laughs> is really all I'm going to say. He's no anyway, Sam Anyway, well, Anyways, we, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> all I'm saying is that because I I didn't like him, and you're right, there was really no redemption to him, and as I've said on the podcast many times, I don't like when there's no redemption. Those stories yeah. don't like sit well with me but this wasn't like a 
bad story. So yeah. I, I didn't have, but I felt sad for him. I felt like he was very lonely, very empty, very much chasing something he could never achieve. I, uh, whatever, like yeah. success yeah. or, yeah. you know, his own personal demons. Yeah, exactly. You try to outrun them. And- yeah. And, and you can't, well, you can't. And he's, he's just kind of spiraling downward by his own accord. And I feel like yeah. that's the part of the character that I was like sad for. Mm-hmm. And then kind of to like back to what you were saying about like meeting your heroes and when people don't match up to like what you want them to be. But then on the flip side, like imagine being that person who's everybody's heroes and the burden of having to live up to what other people expect you to be or want you to be. And when you've got a platform of people who worship you, what that looks like is a thousand different people wanting you to be a thousand different things yeah what what their idea of a hero yeah. is and yeah i think that goes back for personally that's the kind of perspective i take in the industry now is because it's like i don't want to ever talk to you know because there's a million questions i want to ask a creator but frankly they've been asked those same questions a million times and all they want is to that's why they want to be treated normally because it's like yeah. they don't consider them maybe they do but they don't quite consider themselves so special right it's really more along the lines of you know, I created the thing and also I only know, I know them in context of their work. I don't know mm-hmm. who they are as a person, mm-hmm. you know, so they want to be treated like normally. And so I can, uh, that's why we were at the point now where we can separate the person from the art. Yeah. And so that's, I think that was a really good point that you made because mm-hmm. it's, it goes back to, you know, just, just appreciate their art. And, you know, I guess uh, I, I'd argue like buy, buy their art, you know? Yeah. And that's the best way you can show yeah. support to them, you know? And so, and also buy from local comic shops. This one's purchased at <laughs> limited edition comics in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Love you, Rob. Um, okay. Hannah, last question. What would you rate this story out of 10? And no, you don't compare it to the last story. What I'm, you're not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. People do that. And I'm like, no, you read this one. It's fresh on your mind. What, what's the number? Okay, I'm going to be honest. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. So like a six. Oh, okay. A five maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Exa- this is dealing with a lot of themes and like a lot of like situations that are kind of out of your wheelhouse. So yeah. So that's not – well, wait. What is it? Is it a five or a six? It's five. Dang, a half. So it's it- five and a half oh, because wow. I really liked the ending. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't yeah, I don't, extra Hey, half. that is beyond me. Um, for me, I actually think I give this story an eight. Okay. Wow. That's because it's a lot of Easter eggs for me. And like, I think, I think just the tragic character of the creator is, um, fascinating. And like, I really do like the, the, the empathy that we can have towards someone like Hal Crane, but then the, um, the, 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 the tragic, the tragedy that comes with that character, but he stayed consistent through the whole time. Mm -hmm. And that's what I liked about him Mm -hmm. is that at the very end, you know, we got that moment of, yeah, he gave the speech that everyone wanted to hear. And then he punched the fool in the face. I'm like, I liked that because I think that was more satisfying. I was, I was satisfied in the story. It was also a critique in a a glance into an industry that I love. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think a very real take on an industry that I love. Mm -hmm. So the way that it handled that was amazing. Um, so yes, again, I, I'm a huge fan of this story and I thought it was just very well done, but you know, it's not my favorite criminal universe story, but I thought it was incredibly exceptional mm-hmm. and I liked the twist ending too. Cause it was kind of like, he still had a hero. Yeah. Although whether you always are able to like talk me up 
a few notches after I give my rating, and then you tell me why you gave it a higher rating, and then I'm like, okay, maybe he's not wrong. So, oh. like, I might land on a six. We're going to land on a six today. Thank you, Hannah, so much for hanging out with us at Camry's Comics. Um, and this episode is dedicated to everyone except for Jake. Um, I stand by that statement. Um, make sure to go yeah. leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm going to do a video review for this story very soon. So make sure to go check that out. Uh, those are all my plugs. Hannah, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We love you. Mean it. Have a good birthday, girl. Thanks so much. Smile you later. Bye.